Welcome to Data Leadership for Everyone. I'm your host, Anthony Algman. Everyone needs to harness the power of data. There's a lot involved in making that happen, and this show is here to make it all a little bit easier. Think of this as an audio advice column for all of your data and leadership questions. Our guest today is Thomas Redman. Known as the Data Doc, Tom is the president of Data Quality Solutions. He helps companies and people, including startups, multinationals, executives, and leaders at all levels, chart their courses to data-driven futures. He places special emphasis on quality, analytics, and organizational capabilities. Tom, welcome back to Data Leadership for Everyone. Yeah, thank you for having me, Anthony. It's been too long. Seriously, it's been a long time since we had you on the old show at Data Leadership Lessons. And, you know, we've stayed in touch throughout and we were just at a uh, conference. And at that conference, I sat in on on your um, tutorial. And one of the things that you talked about, and I think is as good as any to kind of launch into what we want to talk about today, is you made a real strong uh, point around regular people and their need to be involved with data. Can you talk about that and uh, help us understand who are regular people and what is the hypothesis that underlies that? Yeah, I, I mean, that you're right. I, I am just hammering this point home. Um, I, I think that, you know, that this sort of unfolded for me over a period of years. And then when I saw it, I saw it in lots and lots of ways. And I think it's, it's really, really important. Let me just start with one really interesting point. And, and that is, if I were to ask you, who does most data management in companies now? Who would you answer? I would probably say either data analysts or maybe even technology organization folks. Yeah. Well, I, I think the answer is regular people. And by <laughs> regular people, I, by the way, and I, and I think it's not even close. By yeah. regular people, I mean those who do not have data in their title. And, and just you know, take any person coming into work. Sometimes I think of this person you know, is, is in a sales department. And, and, and just to do their work, they take the leads data they get from marketing and, and it's not fit for purpose. And, and so they have to clean it up, right? That's data management work. They organize their, their, their work. They create spreadsheets um, and, and, and they do little, little analyses. And so practically everyone in companies, certainly all knowledge workers at all levels, is doing a bunch of what we would consider to be to be data work. And and if you think about it, I mean, you know, there's not that many data people, analysts, even technologists in companies compared to the numbers of regular people. And and you know, just any time I look at it, I find that uh, regular people spend a third uh, a half of their time uh, doing these mundane data management jobs. Maybe they're not even mundane. The exceptions seem to be those who work in chief financial offices. When I ask chief financial officers how much of their staff's time is spent on data issues, the answer is three quarters. And, and if you talk to teams of data scientists, and well, you know, maybe three quarters of their time is, is spent on, on data science. So, so it is, I believe it is observably true. The percentage may vary from organization to organization, but the vast majority of data work is being done by regular people. They've received no training, no guidance on, on, on any of it. And, um, and, and, and so that's a really important thread. The second thread I, I, I want to introduce 
and and Anthony, I first saw this. It, 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 was, it was a while ago, but I started my career at Bell Labs, and I was advising the company on a on a program to change the way they they managed access um, access finances. And so, access was AT and T's biggest expense. It was about twenty billion dollars a year, and, and and the details don't matter. But um, I was invited to a party with some program had rolled out. In, in the Northeast, I was invited to a party on, on Baltimore Harbor. AT&T could throw good parties, right? Sort of celebrating success. And, and um, so I didn't know a lot of the people and I wandered around and, you know, and asked how, how this approach to data quality, what it had meant to them. And, and one of the women I asked, you know, looked me straight in the eye and she moved in close and she said, Tom, I've worked at this company for 20 years. I've never had any control over anything, right? But this was different. I used my brain. I thought about what was really important. I figured out the way to, to measure things. I, I figured out how to build relationships. I figured out how to find and attack root cause of, an, of, of uh, root causes of error. And, and her enthusiasm was just spilling out kind of thing. Right. And, um, and then she said, and let me tell you about what we did and on and on, right? For 20 minutes telling me about her successes. And I, I didn't pull together how empowering data was for regular people at that moment. I had to see several other instances of it, right? But, but sort of like the two streams of thought of why we need regular people or number one, just observationally, that's where the work is getting done. We can't do good work in data without them. And then secondly, you know, this idea of data as human empowerment. Um, I am so turned on by that, by, by that concept. And, and, and by the way, I talked to, you know, some of my colleagues and, and, and they see the same thing too. Mm -hmm. So, I, I really think that human empowerment is, is such a powerful statement. And yet earlier you described that the people that are doing it, and I totally knew, by the way, that I was walking into the trap, but I did yeah, yeah, so yeah. knowledgeably because I knew you needed to make a point. So I just had to, I have to acknowledge that I did that. I did that for all of you listeners. Um, but well, the, um, too, so, yeah. <laughs> the human empowerment coupled yeah. with the fact that everybody's using data. We get that they're, you're using data and they're spending a lot of their time trying to make the data suitable for their use. That's what data quality is all about, right? It's, it's about getting it ready to do the things that you want to do with it. And when it's not sufficient coming out of the box, you're going to have to do that um, some way and you're in, in, at great effort. And on top of it, so you've have, you have a lot of work to do. You have this human empower. We know there's importance there, but like you said earlier, it's, it's, people don't have any actual training or guidance on how to do it. And we talk about some of that in terms of data governance, but I think a lot of data governance is very hands-off. It's like very, like, here is a policy, learn about it and do the right thing. But it's not really helping people know to do that because a lot of times data governance kind of falls into this void where unless you know it even is a thing, you're not looking for it. And it's certainly unlikely to help you a lot, even if you find it. So, so what is it that we can do? Cause it seems like we've created this monster data is important. We get it. We're still completely removed from actually solving this. When you say we, you mean data governors, 
collectively companies and everybody who's interested in getting this data to be working. So yeah, data governors, I think is probably a good way of saying it too. Yeah. Well, so look, look, there's, there's two fundamental, there's, there's, there's some spin on this, but there's two fundamental ways to try to uh, improve data quality. And, and one of them is to inspect it in. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so essentially what happens is, I mean, it could be our, our salesperson comes in, the data is, is not fit for purpose. And so they, um, you know, they try to clean it up, right? Um, you know, a data governor may say, well, I can do that for you. We'll do that in a centralized fashion and they'll buy a tool and, and look for errors. And, and sometimes some of the tools are better at finding errors, but then people basically have to correct those errors, right? And, and so they're trying to inspect it in. The alternative approach is to build it in. And to ask the question, well, why are we creating so many errors in the first place? And and that then leads to, to me, the two most fundamental roles in all of data are the data customer and the data creator. And, Hmm. And people are observably in these roles every day, large portions of the day, maybe dozens of times in a day. And all I mean by a customer is they're using data that some other person or process or team created. And, and by a creator that they are creating data that's, that's used by the next person or team or, or department or could even be an application in line. And, but people don't think of themselves in, those, in these roles. And so, oh, I gotta make these, I gotta make these calls, I gotta fix up these leads. Instead, an awful lot of what we want people to do in data quality is just become a good customer. You need something, figure out what it is you need. Figure out where the data you need is coming from and sit down with the creators of that data. And and, and so it's going to be a little bit better. I think that's pretty intrinsically motivating. Yeah, I mean, let's just build on it with a specific example. A lot of really important data happens as the customer, you know, joins the 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 company, right? On sign up, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe when you go to a health clinic, they're they're taking your blood pressure and things like that. There's a lot of important data right there, and and people are sort of tasked with mindlessly creating that data, but. But the, the management doesn't even give them, doesn't even let them know why. It says, okay, well, you're, you're helping us onboard this customer because later we want to sell them things or we want to complete regulatory reports or, right, we're going to use this blood pressure medicine you make to, to uh, decide what medication this person should be on, right? And so it is way, way more fulfilling. You may still have to do the task, but you see the reason you're doing the task. And, and then it's, it's, okay, well, oh, maybe I'd better take this, this uh, blood, pressure, um, blood pressure measurement a little bit more carefully. Maybe I'd better make sure I understand the protocol. Um, and Anthony, by the way, people are amazing. There, there is too much in the data space and in digital transformations. People are part of the problem. Well, people are the solution and, 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 you know, point them in the right direction. And they come up with things that are so inventive, that are so clever, and they're happy to share it with others. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so it's like, this is really, really a different way of thinking about things. We're not asking you to follow a policy. 
We're putting you in an interesting space, you know, empower yourself and then use your brain. Um, mm. And I don't know, I, I just think for the vast majority of people, that is a way better job description. Yeah. Well, it, I was going to ask you um, and, and I'll still ask you, but, 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 but my original thought was I was going to ask you around, well, okay, we, we've figured out, okay, how do we encourage people to get better at this stuff and, and start impacting this? What guidance or what help can we give them in doing that effectively? But I think you already touched on it and it ties into a recent article that you um, co-wrote for Harvard, Harvard Business Review, where you're talking about building a kind of data culture, changing an organization's culture in this, in this light. And what you just said kind of highlights, I think, part of the answer that I would expect in my original question is that when you ask people to just be aware, hey, there are other people upstream and downstream that are impacted by this thing that you're doing or that you're asking for, just that awareness alone goes a long way. What what else is there? Or is that really the crux of how do you get people starting to do the right things? Well, look, I think each organization is different. The article you're referring to uh, and was written by myself and, and May Alawaish, who's the uh, chief data officer at, at Gulf Bank. And, um, and that article also explains the assignment that, that, that we had there. Her boss had, had, uh, had been a banking veteran and seen lots of data programs fail. And, um, and, and her, his instruction was, hey, I want to do this right. He explicitly said, don't rush kind of thing. And, and then we spent a lot of time uh, thinking through well, what will really resonate with employees at the bank. And I mean, this was in Kuwait. I mean, it turns out that there's a lot of young people uh, mm. coming in. They have jobs in call centers and in branches. And well, we talked to a lot of them. We talked to a lot of more senior people about what will really resonate with 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 these people. And and then, you know, it's like the ability to empower yourself, seeing where you fit. Um, there, we offered world-class training. Um, I mean, everybody's smart enough to know this data stuff is coming. Well, you don't have to be a PhD computer scientist to play. There's a lot of things that, that, that you can do. And, and part of the value proposition there was we're going to give you really, really world-class training. And and um, and it's, I mean, another thing we did there is we reached out to the HR department and, and you know, kind of like we in data, well, change management's important. Frankly, I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not a professional. But we got, it turned out their HR department actually had a change management group. And, and, um, and, and they really help with, with lots and lots of little things, right? I figured out ways to reward people and, and corporate communications got some people in the Kuwaiti times and things like that. Right. Hmm. So, so I, I, I think when you say the essence of it, I mean, I, yes, there is a core. We, we need to figure out what, what works in a company. We need to help people understand what's expected of them. We need to, to turn them loose, right? But but it's existing in in a company, and the, and there's a lot of things around it, and and you need to take care of those things too. Um, I want to just say that different. I mean, I do not have the script, the culture change script. Do one, two, three, four. It's it's, <laughs> it's you know like yeah. like the main path. But, but by the way, you can't do culture change unless you get everybody involved. 
-hmm. Okay. And, and so, you know, you're going to talk about that. Well, then sooner or later, you have to figure out how, how you're going to do that. And, and May in particular, I mean, I give her great credit for, for taking advantage of everything that, that the company offered her. She figured out how to get the management committee working on her side, right? So, you know, naming ambassadors and, and so forth, right? Um, so anyway, I, mean, I know I'm repeating myself here, but, but like, as you say, I mean, the key thing is, is getting everybody switched on, giving them the knowledge they, they need and, and, and in many respects, turning them loose. Is this kind of, especially on the, on the whole, like organizational culture is a big swing, right? Like anything that you're trying to do to fundamentally change your culture may be worthwhile. It's, it's also going to be pretty challenging under the best of circumstances for someone who doesn't sit in that executive level influence today. Is there anything they can do to, to help their organization move in this direction? Or is it where you have to you know, create a coalition that includes some of the people with the real power in the organization today, or, or is, are you, is this something that you could change from the bottom up or do you really have to have that, that top down support before you can start really making this uh, impact? Well, 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 look, I mean, I've worked on a lot of data quality programs off, off in, you know, like in an access management space or something in an upstream problem in a, in an oil well or market research or, or whatever it is. So, I, I believe the answer is is that this is recursive in the sense that, okay, all you care about is getting better leads data, then you can work on this at that level. Now, you have to have the top people on leads data involved, right? right? But I mean, it can be very, very much bottom up. If you know you you are uh, with, with in a in a team or a department or a division of an organization. I mean, again, you can start work at at that level, and um, and 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 do really really good work. Um, some years ago, we introduced the term provocateur mm. uh, for people who had started with a specific business problem and and uh, figured out uh, you know how, how better data helps them. Uh, solve that business problem, right? And 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 the culture changed along the way. I, I haven't worked on anything where the purpose was to change the culture. Right. The purpose was to solve the business problem, and putting people in new roles and responsibilities. You know, you you look six months later or a year later, and you said, "Wow, the culture around here is different." Yeah. No, it's a great point because why do you want to change the culture? It needs to be something that is relevant to the business. Just changing the culture is a step in that, but it's not the end into itself. So great point on that. While we still have a couple minutes, you have a whole, you have a book coming out all ties well into the conversation that we're having. Can you tell us a little bit about that book and, and help the audience know um, when's it coming out? When is it, uh, you know, how do they get it and and where, um, you know, what to what to look out for? Yeah, thank you very much for that question, Anthony. Um, the, this book is coming out on, on July 3rd in most of the world and on July 25th in the United States. It's called People and Data, Uniting to Transform Your Organization. And, um, and it, it very much is, the first half of this book is, is really directed at regular people. I am so excited for people who who will just himself, man, I've been doing this data management, how could be a better way? 
and and reach on and and grab hold and um, and and the book really tries to motivate why it's so important and and give them some like you know here's some first steps here's the kind of thing to to do I and mean, everybody's familiar with being a customer when they go buy a new car or, or you know they in, in lots and lots of venues well you know if you do nothing more than take that thinking into your work um and on the data, you're going to do better. Um, the book introduces a concept called the data generation. The data mm-hmm. generation are people who who sign up on their own, right? Have the courage to to to, to really get in and and um, and do this work on data quality, or or they may simply just want to become better decision makers. They may want to collaborate with people doing AI. They may want to use what I call small data with within their teams. And um, so over the last couple of years, uh, I and and my company, we have tried to get all the key ideas into articles at, uh, at either Harvard Business Review or Sloan Management Review. And then with respect to this book, what we have tried to do is really synthesize these into, you know, into a book length uh, product. Uh, so people don't have to go find 20 articles. That's that's great. And and yeah, clearly um having those articles at your fingertips and having some surrounding uh context to it, I think would be a, a huge resource for people because you read it once and then you kind of lose track of where it goes and you want to refer back to it. So the book is a great way to kind of bring all that stuff together. Um yeah. and we will certainly include links and any other content in the show notes. So uh, everybody check that out as well. Tom, last question. What's the best way for people to reach you if they have additional follow-up questions or they want to learn more? Um, yeah. How do they do Thank that? you for that. Look, I, I mean, you can always send email to info at datequalitysolutions.com. Uh, the phone number is plus one, 732-933-4669. Uh, obviously, I have a LinkedIn profile. I'm, I'm really, really easy to find. Um, hey, can I say one more thing, Anthony? Yeah, of course. I, I, I mean, I know, you know, like, like, so mostly we deal with people in the data community. And while I say I'm excited for regular people, I'm excited for data people too, right? Because most data people, we've had really hard jobs, right? We've had really hard jobs. It's kind of like, you know, without a lot of support, you know, buried off here, trying to figure out an architecture, trying to get people to clean up data. And a better way to think about it is, Put yourself in the human empowerment mode kind of thing, right? It mm-hmm. is a way, way more fun job. And, and you'll struggle with it a little bit. And it'll take some time to, to, to sort of adjust your head. But it, it will be way, way better than what you're doing now. Yeah, I get, that get, give me chills. <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you very much. And this podcast is data leadership for everyone. But if you need some data leadership for you, I want to help. So send your questions to podcast at dl4e1.com or my phone number is 773-888-2077 if you'd prefer to text or leave a voicemail. You can find subscription links in all our episodes at dataleadershipforeveryone.com. And until next time, be good to your data, be better to your business and be best to each other. Now go make an impact.